Hi everyone, good evening. My name is Maria Racina. I'm a librarian at the Eleanor London Coates St. Luke Library. And today I am absolutely delighted to have the incredible debut novelist, Haley Neal with us, author of Once More with Chutzpah. She will be interviewed by our very own Jordana Kujowski, the leader of Coates St. Luke's Jewish Book Club. And I'd also like to thank Megan at Babar Books, our partner on this event. So you can either borrow the book from the library, we have a couple of copies, but there is a waiting list, uh, or you can purchase it over at Babar Books. I'm also going to remind you that Haley will be at the MTLYA Festival in May, so um, you can also meet her there. Um, and Babar is also a partner on that event. So a few just little things. Uh, here's our Zoom etiquette lecture for today. You will be muted throughout the event until the Q&A period. At that point, you can either raise your hand and ask a question or throughout the event, you can put questions into the chat and we will get to as many of them as we possibly can within the time that we have today. So without further ado, uh, take it away, Jordana. Thank you, Marita. Uh, just to start, I'd like to say thank you to you, Maria, and uh, Janine West, the director of Coatsy Look Library, and the co entire Coatsy Look Library staff for supporting us uh, with this programming. Um, for those who don't know me, I am Jordana Kajowski. I live here in the city of Cote St. Luke. I'm a mom of three, uh, also wife to one of the local city councillors and an avid bibliophile. Um, I would love to introduce you to Haley Neal, who is, as Maria said, <laughs> presenting her debut novel, Once More with Chutzpah, which I absolutely adored. Um, Haley's a recent MFA grad from the New School, where she specialized in writing for children and young adults. She previously obtained her master's in education while working full-time as a preschool teacher. She loves school teaching and going to school to learn about teaching. Uh, she also loves walking her rescue pup, we need a name, uh, through her Massachusetts town. And um, yes, I, I'm happy to give a blurb about what chutzpah is, but I'd love for you to tell us in your own words um, about this book and kind of introduce it and tell us what it means to you. Um, take it away, Haley. Yeah, of course. First of all, thank you so much for the introduction. Uh, her name is Poppy. So just, <laughs> I know the burning question there. <laughs> She was walked beforehand, so hopefully she won't come barking, uh, but she is currently upstairs out of the office area, sleeping and or chewing on something, who knows, um, <laughs> as she's wont to do. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. This is my debut novel, Once More with Chutzpah. It is a young adult story that follows Tally and her twin brother, Max, as they set off on a temple exchange trip to Israel, which is where their grandma's from. Um, at the very beginning of the story, the way Tally's telling you the story is that um, she really wants to help her brother, who's suffering in the wake of a car accident that injured him and killed the driver. And she thinks this trip is exactly what he needs to sort of get back on track, to, to feel better. Um, and she doesn't realize how much it's gonna mean to her too. Uh, this is a book that explores mental health, uh, sexuality and, and Jewish identity. So much of it is about trying to figure out who you are, which is such a universal thing when you're at that age. Um, and when you're on a trip like that, it's such, I don't know, it's such a great space to really kind of ponder and reflect and figure out what's going on. So there's a lot of heavy stuff in this, but there's also a lot of humor and a lot of uh, light moments. Someone yeah. who believes firmly in that, like, you know, every story kind of needs to have the light and the dark. Um, yeah. And yeah, so mean, that's a little bit about, about the story. So I, I mean, I love this book so much. I rant and rave on Instagram, as you've seen, I'm sure I've tagged you and everything. Um, and I think that that's part of what I personally like, just loved so much. And so much of what I've said to people when I'm recommending the book, or when I reviewed the book is that, like, I'm not, I'm not your audience, necessarily as like a YA reader. But what I found so incredible about this book is that it's so meaningful and so deeply felt. 
um, and it covers these very serious topics like you know, identity and growing up and finding yourself, but also grief and, um, you know, just all of it, but with joy and hope. And it's just such a beautiful blend of these things. And I just can, like, how do you balance that as, as a writer? How do you make that magic happen? First of all, thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm getting all emotional. Um, it's so funny. You draft, you write and you rewrite and you keep going. Um, because when you're trying to balance all of that, when you're trying to tell this whole incomplete story, it definitely starts coming together the further that you work on it. Um, the first draft, I mean, the first draft didn't even, I know we're not talking about it, but there is a twist in the story. And like the first draft didn't even have that. I mean, when you, <laughs> when I look at the evolution of the story, I can say, well, it, it didn't start that way. You know, it didn't start having sort of all of that. And, but it was a goal. It was something I really worked towards. I'm someone who tends to lean um, fluffier side first, <laughs> or at least in this one I did. And so yeah. I feel like in the beginning, it was like, a trip about this like girl and her brother and like there definitely was connecting to Jewish identity and those sort of aspects going on but it didn't really have as much of the depth that it does now and so um this story oh my I can't even tell you how many drafts it went through and how many readers uh I had I'm very lucky that I was able to have wonderful early readers and wonderful sensitivity readers and wonderful uh, editors and people on the publishing side who who were working on it so many people are behind a book, which I think a lot of people don't realize. And they're like, oh, the author wrote this, but wonderful, amazing people have helped shape this. And thank you to them for sure. <laughs> um, for sure. <laughs> so actually um, the library has a youth advisory um, committee. I'm blanking on the name right now, but a youth advisory board, youth advisory uh, committee, and they submitted questions. And one of their questions was, how many drafts did you go through? Um, how much research did you have to do? What was that research? You know, what did it entail? So I, I wrote this story shortly after my own uh, trip to Israel, which is uh, where my grandma is from too. That part is um, something I took from my own identity. Um, it was my first time being there in my early twenties. And it was something that was so meaningful because that's where my, it's where my family's from. It's, you know, this place that I, I knew from these stories and I knew from my grandma and actually being able to be there was, was wonderful. It was amazing. And there were all of these, um, I guess, sort of ideas I had before. And then when you actually get to experience it and be there, it was something entirely different. But at the same time, I, I had this personal experience, but I knew that that couldn't be the only thing that I took into this story. So I, I interviewed other people who went on different trips and different kinds of trips too. Um, the format of this trip is actually a lot closer to what my um, childhood best friend went on. Uh, so she went on a high school uh, temple trip mm -hmm. and that was a lot closer to her experience. So I did a lot of um, interviewing other people. The most amusing research aspect though came from the musical side I rushed a bunch of musicals and it was so much fun oh my gosh I was living in New York at the time um, getting my master's in writing for children and young adults and so I just I rushed a bunch of shows which means that I would arrive early to get discount tickets for those who don't <laughs> you anticipated one of my coming questions because yeah. <laughs> I am a theater geek and um, this is my life so thank you which shows did you rush <laughs> I saw waitress more than once um you. she used to be mine is just such a tally song <laughs> oh gosh sorry take a sip of water go for it it's all good I have a bit of a cough. Sorry. <coughs> happens. It's all good. Take the time that you need. Yeah. So tally, so I saw 100%. Interest. She used to be I mine. saw Wicked. Mm -hmm. I saw a bunch of shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know Jean Meltzer. When I watched you guys in conversation a few months ago, she asked you what your favorite Broadway show was. And you were like hedging, answering that question. <laughs> So I won't necessarily put you on the spot, but I know Waitress meant a lot of you. Um, especially oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Not it's a tough one. It's a tough question. Um, waitress is the one that I think is the most um, closely linked to this story. Mm -hmm. And I saw it at the time of working on it too. So 
Mm-hmm. I think that has to be the one that I'm like, oh, that's this book. Like this book has so much to do with that. Yeah. And I love that each chapter, you know, is, is titled, um, from a different song and a different musical to keep with the theme. And I'm just wondering how much, um, I guess, <coughs> um, you okay? You yeah. <laughs> No, no, of course I, I'm fine all day. And then the moment I start talking, it happens. It happens. <laughs> hey, you know, it's like being on the stage, right? <laughs> Speaking of Broadway. The show must go on. <laughs> um, I see a few people in here who know what it's like to be on stage live in front of an audience. Mary, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> So I'm wondering, um, in selecting the chapter titles and doing that research, how much of the shows and these um, lyrics inform the story versus vice versa, and you like deciding which pieces to use in naming your chapters? Hmm. Those came after. So those yeah. came, those very much came after. The only, um, sort of uh, the songs influencing uh, would be connected to the ones that are referenced within the story. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the plays that are uh, in musicals that are referenced within the story that definitely had an influence on the order. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, when the last five years is mentioned, when Annie's mentioned, those songs definitely connect to the order within the story, but um, the mo- mostly the chapter titles came after. Um, I started off and it was just like, you know, chapter one, chapter two. And then I was like, what if, hear me out, yeah. what if I did this? I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, and I love, again, that that brings like the joy and the fun to the story, you know, amidst some of the darker, heavier pieces. Um, and Tally, like, I think like going back to this whole YA thing, you know, I'm a mom of three. You've met two of my little ones earlier. Um, but my oldest is, you know, she's she's a girl. She's 10 years old and eventually she's going to be in this space. And so I'm kind of reading this book with a very different eye. Although my initial reaction was like, where was this book when I was, you know, a teen? Um, but I think part of what's so incredible at about Tally specifically is, you know, as a kid, I always read these books and these characters were so self-assured and so self-aware and confident. And a lot of YA that I read, it's the same thing. And reading this book, I loved that Tally wasn't because I, I mean, I wasn't, I was awkward and confused. I mean, I'm still awkward and confused, but um, I'm wondering, was Tally based on you and your personal experience, was she kind of like a compilation of different people? Tally has a lot of my personal identity and background and definitely her internal thoughts, the sort of voiciness is very much me, but it's funny because she's so much more um, introverted when you actually look at what she's saying and what she's doing. I'm a very extroverted person. I'm like, let's hang out. Let's be friends. I'm very much outgoing and I kind of thrive off of that. And that's not the case for Tally. So it's funny to kind of dip into that when I'm working on it, when I was working on this character, because she's such, she's a teenager and she's really just figuring it out. And you see that, right? There's so, there's like that whole thing going on now where it's like, can we let teens be teens, please? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, Um, yeah, yeah, she's messy. And that's something that I kind of, I always wanted. I wanted to show that that's, it's okay to be figuring yourself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so much of the power of this book. And, you know, you deal with heavy topics, as I said, and we keep coming back to without giving too much away, but there's mental health struggles, there's sexuality, there's sexual identity, there's Jewish identity, there's, um, you know, religion and culture, you know, how did you decide all of these pieces? How did you tackle each one individually? Um, And where did the inspiration come from for each of these, you know, identity explorations? Um, So I, I can tell you exactly where the story started. Okay. The story started when I was visiting the Western Wall. I mean, uh, it was such an 
it's such a powerful experience and I wasn't prepared for it to be either. So when I went, um, my experience is kind of echoed in what happens with Tally. I went and I sort of a little bit of this frustration because I saw the small women section and I was kind of expecting to feel a connection that I didn't really feel right away. I found out about the gender neutral section and I ended up going there. You have to leave the security entirely. And almost, it looks like you're walking through an archeological dig to get there. I don't know if this is still the case. It's been a little. Um, and I, I got there and I got to this tiny little section and I, I burst into tears. I just absolutely burst into tears because all of a sudden I, I felt it. I felt sort of that sense of, of hope and connection, this feeling that we still have so far to go in so many ways in so many areas about so many different things in the world. Um, but it gave me hope that this was something that even existed. And I wrote my prayer, I wrote my prayer down and I, I wrote it as a letter and I signed it, love, comma, love Haley. And then I have a, actually I have a picture of my writing desk right here. Hey, we love, yeah. <laughs> we love a prop. Um, Always. So I took a picture of it because I didn't feel comfortable taking a picture of myself there. I know some people do and, and more power to them. Um, but I personally wanted to take a picture of the letter. And then when I looked at it later, I saw that all you could see was the love comma. I don't know if it's going to show up with yeah, the glare. Um, yeah, that was the start of the story. That's That's where it all began was this kind of personal exploration and this personal um, sense of trying to figure out that connection on that same day we went to the Jerusalem pride parade and that was another really that was another really beautiful meaningful experience and so this is where that first kind of um kernel the first sort of seed of the story the first spark whatever metaphor you want to use that's where it began <laughs> I love so that. I knew I wanted to look at Jewish identity um, I knew that I wanted to also show this um, character who is on the asexual spectrum, kind of figuring it out because I hadn't seen those sort of stories before. I'd seen a lot of coming out stories. Um, I was starting to see more and more representation for, um, you know, other, uh, other queer stories, but I hadn't really seen much on the asexual spectrum. <coughs> Oh my gosh, I'm just going to cough this whole time. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Right. Oof. So um, I knew I wanted to show that. And I knew I wanted to show it as a realization because it was a lot closer to my experience. Um, and also I have a, a couple of friends too, who like the, it, it sort of mirrored reality a little bit more of this, hey, wait, there are terms for how I feel. <laughs> Mm, yeah oh my gosh wow this is I didn't realize I mean I thought so there was something wrong <laughs> for a while <laughs> and I I, oh, I love that so much because there's oh, there's so many people who get lost in not understanding that there is a spectrum and there's so many ways to identify and to feel comfortable and that's all normal and I love that you're giving a voice to that I mean um you know, there are plenty of characters in your book who are on this spectrum in different, you know, labels and titles and even some that are probably rejecting all the labels. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, Saran specifically, maybe. Um, and, doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, tell me about, were these people on your trip? Were they just, you know, fun ways for you to explore these different humans and um, introduce this, these types of stories? Um, yeah, um, so for the, the characters who populate the trip, I know I wanted to show different types of experiences because there's no one way to be Jewish. It's, it's such, there's always so many different experiences and there's also so many different kinds of of kids who are gonna, you know, so I knew I wanted to show a varied group. Um, one thing that is rooted in, in reality that did have a spark of inspiration from my own trip was actually, was the banner. There's this whole running joke about the banner, mm -hmm. how they have this banner. Um, and it, I ended up 
it used to be the name of the, in the early drafts, it used to be the name of the like tour group they were on. And then I changed it. So it was a title tie-in because I was like, mm -hmm. how fun is that? <laughs> so that's what's on the banner for those who may not have read the book yet. Yes. Yeah, so the, the banner that they have, um, they get to take pictures with. And on my trip, we had a banner. We had a banner. <laughs> And, um, it was at one point, and this is, I, I changed it for the purposes of the story and the characters, but at one point it was commandeered and used in this like fashion show and everyone had so much fun. It was so silly. So I took that fun, silly moment and I blew it up. I made it <laughs> much bigger. I had so much fun with it. Um, so that amusingly, the banner is a character from real life. <laughs> <laughs> Ever and also, I mean, uh, they're, they're fictional characters. They come from this place, um, you know, in some points it was like, oh, I need a character to fit this kind of role or I need, um, and then they sort of like start to grow. It sounds so wild when I'm talking about it because I feel like I sound like such a writer. I'm like, no, oh my gosh. That's what's they interesting. That's why I want to talk to right? you. I'm like, they, they like, all of a sudden <laughs> they did this and they, you know. So um, in some cases, like the case, um, I always, in the very beginning, especially I'd refer to David as like, oh, the love interest character. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, the love interest character. But then they start taking on their own form and and building and having these personalities. Um, Sarana had so much fun with like that. Mm -hmm. The name, that, that name was, um, we had three different students at my preschool that I was working at. I thought it was such a beautiful name. So that that's, that one came from that, but the character is something entirely her own. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it's funny <laughs> to think about where things where things come from. Um, I oh, so I have Israeli family, and they're very they're going to be very blunt. You know, if you haven't had a conversation with an Israeli, they're going to be like blunt about things. My uncle reads this, and he's like, "So." I have a question. I'm like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh no. <laughs> He's like, Joshua and Gabriel, why do they exist? They're two of the characters, two of the teens on the trip. He's like, why are they there? <laughs> I was like, thank you for asking. I actually do have an answer for that. I was like, first of all, they did start off as I needed comic relief for a very heavy story. Mm -hmm. I was like, but second... I wanted to populate it with this big diverse group, this group of kids who are experiencing things in different ways. So the fact that there's this big cast of characters really was, was because I wanted to show, hey, you can experience this sort of trip. You can experience your Judaism in all these different ways. And here's all of this kind of this group to show you. I mean, the character of Sammy is someone who's more conservative than what Tally's used to. And she sort of bumps up against that and feels like maybe I'm not Jewish enough or, or worries almost like, oh, Sammy probably doesn't think I'm Jewish enough, mm -hmm. which was something interesting to play with. Um, I was about to give a spoiler. I was like, but then you find out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why there's this big group really was to show all of that. And it, it came at first from me wanting this big group of characters and then that next step was oh well that's how they are like <laughs> and you know what like it's so fascinating because as a reader the realization that like oh wait these two are a couple it's not like thrown in our faces it's kind of like oh wait they're not just like buddies from back home this is like <laughs> or you know oh I see how this person's identity is unfolding and I I love that it's so organic to the story rather than like here please take my queer character and I'm going to shove it in your face and it's so lovely I mean look when I went on my trip to Israel several years ago um there was we you know there there's some Ashkenazi there's some Sephardi there's some Mizrahi but like and there were some people who were converting for um, purposes of marriage, um, but to see like even more um, diverse voices and characters in the Jewish world is so wonderful as someone who grew up without 
access or knowledge or of of these types of things. And I mean, I'm older than you, I'm not that much older than you, but the difference in that time period and people feeling comfortable enough and these teens and these Mm -hmm. young adults feeling comfortable enough in their own identities to come forward and talk about these things. It's so beautiful and it's so heartening. And, you know, as a parent, I'm wondering, you know, reading this story, what do you want us to take away? That's so interesting because I I do have, I have an answer. I've been thinking about this a lot about what is the kind of kernel, like what's, what's that, that thing that matters for this story. Um, I've been Mm -hmm. working on my second book, which I'm super excited about. And I've been thinking about that too, because it's something different. (laughs) Um, So for this book, my, my kind of, punch there my my message the thing that I really wanted to talk about is that it's okay not to be okay mm-hmm. you know to really say to these teen readers you know you are more than enough like just just the way you are you know it's okay if you're struggling um you know you're enough and and you're gonna be okay it, like things will get better you got people so my my sort of big message here is to try and say like, you know, you'll figure it out. Like you don't need to have all the answers right now and, and you're going to be okay. Like that's something that Tally definitely, um, needs to learn. <laughs> yeah. Needed to hear it from somebody and you gave yeah. it to her. You did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, just from a Jewish perspective, this idea, you know, you, you mentioned briefly before that Tally felt like maybe Sammy was looking at her like, oh, you're not Jewish enough. And so Tally was judging her own Judaism. And can you tell us a bit about, you know, where that comes from and maybe your personal- um... Oh, of course. Um, So I I grew up in an interfaith household. You know, my dad's whole side of the family is Jewish and Israeli. um, And my mom grew up Catholic, though her ties to Catholicism are quite less. Um, We do Shabbat together. Uh, that said growing up um I really wasn't conflicted about it like it felt very normal for me to be like oh yeah I I have an interfaith household like that was something that was so normal I just I I felt like okay that's the answer like that's what my family is that's the background and as I got older I started getting closer and closer to my ties to to Judaism and also just to Jewish culture too you know I felt so connected to things like, you know, I have a matzo ball soup recipe. Like I felt connected to, to foods. I felt connected to traditions. Um, I felt connected to my family in that way. And so it's definitely a process for me of, of finding myself closer and closer to it. So I thought it was very interesting though, because I, I mean, coming from an interfaith background, it definitely is a struggle that I've had before where I felt like I needed to defend myself and to stand up for even having a place within my own community, within my own family. Um, and that was definitely something that was internal. That was something that, you know, I'd, I'd check myself doing where I'd be like, oh, but wait, like, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, I do this and this is proof then that I must exist in this um, kind of uh, place. It's funny too, because I, um, I grew up around a lot of different uh, interfaith families that (laughs) were uh, different ways, um, you know, or or sort of, I guess, existed and and connected to their faiths in different ways. Uh, My, (laughs) still close friend had uh what the rabbi said was the only bat mitzvah he'd been to where there were uh men in skirts because her scottish side of the family had kilts (laughs) you know i saw a lot of different ways in which people were connecting to this and so going on my own journey of finding myself um in this faith and culture was definitely something that i was I feel like even working out writing the story, you know, even working out having these about having these internal arguments and about allowing myself to find that connection. I, I would say I'm not done. I, we're Jewish. No, I'm never done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like, these books here. Yeah. Most of them are like, what is Judaism and who are we and what does it mean? So yeah, what does it mean? And and also because you're supposed to question anyway and mm-hmm. uh, kind of push and push for that understanding. So it's something that's that's meant 
a, a lot for me. Um, that that questioning and that, uh, but I, I felt like it's such a point in ident in uh, teens identity, right? Of being like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I? And I felt like that fit very well, even though there are so many who am I questions that Tally's dealing with. They boil down to that that central that character that that one. <laughs> so even though she's dealing with Jewish identity and she's dealing with um, mental health and she is she's it's all it's all existing together. I mean, you know, again, it's such a pivotal time in your life. Like that, it is all happening at the same time, and it can feel so overwhelming for the individual. And so that's definitely something I wanted to show. So she is going through this like. Like, am I Jewish enough? Like, here I am. I didn't really think about this. Like, do I go to temple enough even? Like, oh gosh, I put us on this temple trip. Like, what am I doing? I don't know enough about what we're even going to be doing here. There's a point early on, she's like, I, what are we doing? Like, I don't even realize what's happening. Um, That was another thing was that I kind of wanted to show that too. For like, you know, teens or like potential youth who like might go on this kind of trip to be able to say like, hey, it might look a little bit like this. Like that might help tamper some anxieties. Yeah. Um, what, one of the questions from the youth committee actually was, uh, what was it, was it difficult to write from the perspective of a teen? Uh, like how do you tap into that voice, you know, all these experiences later? <laughs> Yeah, um, it's funny. I apparently have a very young voice writing. (laughs) So apparently I read a lot of YA. Um, I still love, I still love that kind of, um, that sort of age, that time. I actually write younger too. Um, I've worked with a lot of kids. I was a preschool teacher. I also worked as a nanny. And I love kids' stories. I just devour them. I'm a children's librarian. <laughs> I think that says a lot. Yeah. Um, so I, I love writing younger stories. And I think it always has to do with the character. Mm. So I think a lot of it isn't like, oh, I'm going to do like, this is how the teens speak. Because you immediately date a story if you're going <laughs> to try that. <laughs> yeah. So as long as you're thinking, okay, this is the character. Or what are they dealing with? And what would they know at this point in their, their life? what has their experience been and in this very particular place? I I think if you're thinking character focused, that's the best way to go into it. Cause if you're thinking like, I got to write to the youths, like, again, you're going to date it really quickly. Um, I'm sure there's stuff in here that's already dated it. And definitely in my next one too, cause uh, whenever you put out a book, it's going to, it's going to be of its time a little bit, but I can tell you there's some books I've read, you know, where I'm like, (laughs) timeless classic and other books I'm like oh this came out at this very particular time <laughs> I mean as long as it you know generally ages well the, those pop culture references are like oh that's cute <laughs> but the story is still really I know oh my gosh for my writing for children degree I went back and I read some of my old favorites and I was like oh, this reference like no longer stands but love it oh my gosh <laughs> Meg Cabot, queen of voice. I was like, your references are so dated, but oh, I love it still. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You were, sorry, just to go back to what we were saying even before I asked this question, um, talking about Tally and, you know, having all these mixed emotions and experiences and struggling with that and that voice. um, There's a point in the book, you know, at the the wall, I have to open it because it's just like this one piece just stuck with me and is so beautiful. I'm going to read it super quickly. Um, You can feel more than one thing at the same time and those feelings don't invalidate each other. Um, uh, Sorry. Uh, Grief, sadness, anger, the hardships. That's what informs our experiences, but they don't overtake them. I, I love the way that you formulated that thought. Um, and uh, just going back to, you know, where you previously spoke about, you know, the moment where this happens um, and this piece of folklore, do you, can you tell us about 
about yeah, that. the piece of uh, the piece of folklore. Uh, I was about to say that so much of that is wrapped up in this Jewish folklore about this. Um, this isn't really a spoiler. But they, they, it's this Jewish folklore about this town where they have everything they could possibly want. They're so happy. Everything's great, except their food's bland, which is the worst. So I they cry into food. the food. <laughs> so yeah, and the salt brings the flavor. the The salt of the tears bring the flavor. And I feel, oh, that's so Jewish, isn't it? That's so, <laughs> um, one of my close friends actually told me about the folklore. Um, she is a, a bookseller at the time. She was working over at Books of Wonder, which is this wonderful bookstore in New York. Um, and we had these deep discussions. She's also Jewish. And we were having these deep discussions about um, Judaism. And she was like, I just... She was like, I recently was going through these folklores and she told me the story. And I was like, oh, I was so touched by it. It meant so much to me. And so I ended up including it um, in the story and it, it came together at such a pivotal point in Tally's story. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so those sentiments, I mean, I felt like, oh gosh, this is exactly what Tally needs to hear. Like this, this is it. But also this is kind of what like, kind of what I thought maybe teens needed to hear maybe maybe I needed to hear that as a teenager <laughs> I mean don't we all like every experience in life it has its good it has its bad but it's just sometimes we forget that the the bitter enhances the sweet I mean look it's yeah. Passover next week what a perfect metaphor um, <laughs> you know with the tears and the bitter and the sweet and and the memories and um yeah, I just, th those words, like, just, that was right here for me. Um, I'm going to open it up to questions shortly, but I just want to make sure I didn't forget anything from these pre-submitted questions. Um, oh, I know one thing I wanted. So clearly, we're going we're gonna to let a little touchy here. Clearly, um, some of the subject matter, you know, taking a trip to Israel, <laughs> politically, it's a difficult topic to deal with. And I have to commend you because you handle it so respectfully um and in such a kind of nuanced way unfortunately i know that you know as a writer you had these pre um release reviews go up on on goodreads where people were just tearing you down without ever having read the book without knowing what it was about just simply because you're writing about israel and it's so unfortunate that we, we can't appreciate our, our you know our homeland in any kind of way without being associated with the political climate there. Um, you know, how difficult was that for you to see that coming in? What was the reaction like in the publishing world um, as a whole to, mm -hmm. to those types of, you know, pre-release pre comments and, and negativity? Yeah, it was definitely very difficult, especially because I it didn't come from where I expected it to come from. Um, I was kind of mentally prepared. I was like, you know what? There's going to be um, people who are openly anti-Semitic who will um, not like this story. Um, I was kind of prepared for that. Uh, what was difficult was seeing the other side, the people who um, took this as a as a way to sort of. Um, speak against political issues in a way where there were these assumptions about what was written. That was very, very difficult for me. I mean, this is my, it's my first book. Um, so uh, I'm new to, to this, to even being in like this weird, like kind of public eye space. It's strange. It's strange. Cause I feel like I'm just like a person behind a computer screen, like typing away <laughs> stories. <laughs> um, so it's strange to all of a sudden, be in the public eye in this sense. And then on, on top of it, to have people saying such hateful and, and also just like incorrect things. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of stuff that was just being lobbed at the book that, I mean, didn't have anything to do with the book. Um, no, you know. <laughs> and that was something that I really had to kind of prepare myself for because you know, this is a book um, I, I tend to, before people have read it, I compare it to like Darius the Great is Not Okay, which is one that a lot of people know where I'm like, this takes place somewhere that you, you probably don't know a whole lot about. And it has to do with like where the 
prisons families from it's not a political book in this book um politics are talked about um in the context of what the characters would know Mm -hmm. but at the same time so much of this is is about culture you know uh, it's about family and so I really wanted to make sure that everything that was said would make sense from the teenager's point of view and that it would make sense from whoever was speaking in that particular space. Mm -hmm. So for example, the uh, Israeli tour leader speaks at one point and I wanted to make sure that those words were were honest, that they came from a, a kind of real place. And so it was this balance of like, oh, who would say what, when, um, yeah. So knowing that that that's what was in there, and then hearing what pe- what people were saying about it, uh, you know, because apparently I'm writing nothing but propaganda. Here. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, like you know, people see the word Israel and, and have assumptions, and they automatically assume that you're proselytizing when that <laughs> means yeah. A subject matter in the book it's such a you know a book about a character and um identity and it's just it's the setting and um you know i'm wondering you know what what would the excuse me the reaction was like um you know from you know people in in the publishing world from your publisher from other authors my my publisher is wonderful my publisher is absolutely wonderful um that they had obviously read it. <laughs> um, so everyone yeah. knew what the book was actually about. Uh, I was very lucky to have such a wonderful team behind me. Um, that in no way means though that things were perfect because uh, when something like this happens and when so much hatred is being thrown at something, there's this expectation from o- other people on the outside that like there must be, there must be truth to this or there must be, you know, there was a lot of things um, that were lobbed at it you know I I still get afraid that maybe some people haven't seen this book or have assumptions about this book that are not not in line with what's in there or what it's actually about uh, in some cases that are directly opposite to to what it's about I'm sorry I still worry about that because of what happened you know I was definitely in some cases like afraid to even try to reach out to other people and to collaborate because I was like Oh, well, so many people were so rude and hateful about my book. I don't want to put that on anyone else. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky for my launch event. I was in conversation with Jean Meltzer, who is mm-hmm. the sweetest. Just I, I like, watched the two of you talk for an hour and I'm like, I am so full of joy watching the two yeah, of you. I had the best time. She is the nicest person. And so that was a case where I was like, I was so excited to be able to even reach out to another um, author and have this conversation and, and be able to talk because I don't know if some, some of it was internal. I, I do know that there were other Jewish authors who were, who were scared when this happened. Like I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, there were definitely things happening behind the scenes. Uh, I was quite lucky because everything I saw was support. Um, but there were, there were fears. There were people who are fearful. You know, I definitely am aware of that. I'm, um, I'm aware of it. And so that was something where it was like, you know what, I believe in this story. I believe very strongly that there are people who this will mean something to, you know, it was a case where it was like, okay, this is tough to be my first one having faced (laughs) this. Maybe I'm a little desensitized to things now, but <laughs> I mean, you've dealt with it now that I, once I started promoting my second one, I'll just be like, here you go, guys. Here's, now you can just deal with all the fluffy fun stuff. You've done yeah. all the hard work. Right? Oh, well, I mean, my next one is a bit more of a rom-com, so. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Is it YA also? It is YA. It is a YA. Um, I think we're, I think we're officially calling it a rom-com. Yeah. I was going to say contemporary, but I think we're officially, it's so funny because I think part of that, it comes from me where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, did I just write a rom-com? Like, especially after this book, which is so solidly contemporary. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of the opposite of a (laughs) rom-com. I'm like, Oh my gosh, did I just, did I write a nice, happy, fluffy story? Um, not to say again, I'm a firm believer in having that, uh, marriage of, of the tougher stuff and of the journeys 
And my main character in the next book also needs a journey herself. We love a messy girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it's a case where, um, you know, while I'm preparing myself for things, the, the next one is uh, an FF story. There's, you know, two girls falling in love in that. And um, <laughs> it's something where I was like, Ooh, well... Well, when we that gets attacked for about- other reasons, I guess I have a bit of a shield up already. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that, uh, you know, the, the group of Jewish uh, um, bookstagrammers that I chat with on a daily basis are uh, very excited for all of the sapphic, sapphic uh, rom-coms, especially with Jewish reps. So yay for that. <laughs> and uh, word on the street maybe is that it exists in the same universe as Hutzbah. Oh, word around. Yes, it does. Or word with Dean Meltzer. (laughs) Word around town. Yes, it does exist in the same universe, which is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, you got to look for it. It does come, it comes in a little bit later. Okay. But yes, there is um, a bit of a, oh, there's a bit of a something that shows up and I need to be quiet before I spoil everything. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. And um, so if anyone has questions uh, that I didn't get to yet, uh, Mary, I know you had a question and I purposely did not ask it because I thought maybe you'd like to, please feel free to unmute yourself if you don't want to. Um, I'm happy to ask it for you. For everybody else, you can either drop your questions in the chat and I will read them for you. Or if you'd like to, please just raise your hand and we'll call on you in the order in which it was received. So Mary, please go ahead. Hi, Um, I I have uh, two completely unrelated questions and I don't know which one to ask. Um, I guess I was kind of curious, I actually um, read um, via Audible um, and because I'm a little bit obsessed with uh, multitasking um, (laughs) these days. And I was wondering, um, you know, just as an author, how how involved you are in the process of, you know, who reads, who like who narrates it, how it's presented in terms of you know different accents for characters, and just you know how that happens. Very curious about that. First of all, I am such a huge audiobook fan. Like if I've said that I read something recently, very large chance I was talking about an audiobook. I love audiobooks. I'm listening to um, From Dust to Flame right now, an audiobook. That's my current listen. Um, yeah, how involved was I? Not very is the answer, which I think is uh, surprising to people because um, once you're actually in the author world, you're like, oh, I as an author I feel like I'm like so small in all of this I'm like oh gosh things happen you know (laughs) um not very involved I was able to hear different uh narrators and so uh, I was so excited that we were able to uh get Katie who's the one who read it she did it so beautifully but the first time I heard it was actually um through Libby like I got it from my library that was the first time I heard anything from the audio which I think is so surprising because um I definitely thought like oh maybe I'm gonna see more it can vary it can vary by uh whoever is uh putting out the audiobook so like I wasn't asked anything uh, I did hear uh, sample narrators um I know some people who get asked for pronunciation lists um I wasn't so the first time I heard anything I was like oh, it exists already. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. It's here now, which was such a cool experience as someone who has listened to so many audiobooks and who's read this book so many times. I mean, at this point, you'd be surprised that I like, I'll still read it. Um, I listened to the audiobook in a day. I couldn't stop. I was like, oh my gosh, her narration was so powerful and so beautiful. It really took me, kind of took me back. Um, Though, of course, there are some like funny behind the scene things where it's like, there were a couple pronunciation things. I was like, oh, I would. <laughs> um, but I didn't get asked, so it's fine. Um, and But overall, gosh, it was so powerful listening to it. Um, Sammy, the character of Sammy was the one that caught me the most off guard. I thought she did Sammy so well. 
and it had me almost hearing these lines that I've written in a completely different light. Um, so that was such a cool experience. But yes, I, I did not have a whole lot of say, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, it's really fascinating actually to hear um, like from your perspective. So it's, it's almost like you wrote a play and someone performed this character and made these choices that you never even thought about. I know, <laughs> oh my gosh. It was such a cool experience. Uh, Miri, yeah, I got it through the library. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yay. Um, Miri, you had another question, I think, right? Oh, uh, sure. I mean, I don't want to, if someone else has a, a question. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I, I wrote an amateur play and I saw kids saying all kinds of lines. So when you say this, when you say like, oh, I wrote that and I didn't think that it could be said in that way. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm nowhere near <laughs> as accomplished as you are, but I, I get it. Um, so my next question, I, I guess to kind of go back to the less, uh, uh, to the, the sensitive issue about the response, um, you know, obviously, well, not obviously, I won't make any assumptions, but, um, you know, once more with chutzpah, I said, oh, it says chutzpah and it's about singing and it's about, you know, a young Jewish girl. So I am firmly, you know, maybe not in the target audience, but target adjacent. Um, <laughs> and so I was wondering, you know, what kind of response you may have heard from people who, you know, they wouldn't necessarily be, you know, adjacent, 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 who, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. So this made me think of um, one of the things that was important to me when I had early readers was I also had readers who, who knew nothing, who came from a completely different background. So I had readers who had sort of shared different identities with um, characters in the story, but I also had readers who, you know, had never seen a temple. Um, <laughs> and so that was really interesting too, because I was a whole other um, kind of balance of trying to make sure that it is accessible in that way. And so uh, I worked with those readers in particular to kind of try and negotiate and talk about like, okay, well, how much do, do I explain? Like, how much can you get in the context? Um, where are the parts where we need to know what exactly is happening and where are the parts were like, okay, the feeling is there. Um, yeah, that was something that was definitely interesting to work with uh, early. And, and, and then even later on, as I was, as I continued to uh, go through it, trying to make sure that, okay, someone could pick this up and, you know, they might not even know how to pronounce chutzpah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, it was definitely this feeling of, when do I need to explain? Where should I explain? Where where is it just kind of not necessary? I there's a luckily, luckily there's a push now when writers are writing about their own identities and their own backgrounds to allow them to to show that in a way that is not as um kind of handholding as it maybe was before, and luckily those conversations are happening. And they were still happening as I was um, editing this. You know, there was the conversation of, um, well, do we need to italicize words? And which words do we need to italicize and which don't we? And one thing I was thinking of was like, okay, well, what word might Tally know and what, what might she not know yet? So that was a whole conversation that we had going even further back. That was something that I needed to allow myself to do because I was of that mindset in the very beginning of, oh gosh, you know, I need to explain. I need to over explain. Um, there was a draft of chutzpah that existed and I feel so embarrassed even saying this. It had footnotes, like it had notes in it <laughs> through the story and they were done in this like silly voicey kind of way. It was this thing I was trying at one point I was just over explaining things did not need to be there. And it is not, you do not see footnotes in this for a very important reason. <laughs> it, it didn't need them. Um, so that was something that I had to negotiate with myself because I was like, Oh, I need to walk a reader who doesn't know what's going on through this. Well, that's really not the case. I mean, if there's something that someone's confused about that, they, they can look it up. But in most of the cases, I'm hoping, and I, I had worked with other readers 
I'm hoping that it, it makes sense within the context. I hope Absolutely. that makes sense. <laughs> I, really, I really appreciate that. Um, probably the footnotes was part of the process of you know what <laughs> what what eventually you know needs to be said and you how you don't need to protect yourself with all these footnotes but um for what it's worth i thought you handled all, it all with such um the nuance that was really um i really appreciated it and when i read it i said like i, I want to give this book to so many people just for how you um carefully and really honestly dealt with the very um complicated so many complicated um things so yeah so thank, thank you, you so that. much thank you so much and a lot of um I mean even different aspects from just like you know mentioning things like mezuzahs or mentioning you know mentioning anything like those were things that were very carefully considered yeah. um like when it, things are mentioned and how they're mentioned um and just like how much information was given as for sensitive topics I really I really thought of things through the terms of um education <laughs> through the terms of what the characters would know um, so that was a whole other aspect of it. Um, there's even, I'm, I'm remembering, there's a part, the very beginning where there's like a, a Hebrew greeting. And I was like, oh, would my character know this? You know? So it was very much this, um, yeah, lots of work went into it. It's really interesting. <laughs> like, so Miri is part of, you know, my, the book club that uh, Maria refers to at the beginning. And um, we had this conversation of, you know, after reading Jean's book, actually, where Jean does a lot of explaining what things are through um, throughout the story, I guess, because it's, you know, it's more of a rom-com and it's more generally, you know, marketed. And so we, we had this conversation because, you know, I'll, you know, I'll read a book that is about, um, you know, a Hispanic family or Latino, Latina, uh, Latinx, whatever the proper term is these days. Um, but, they'll throw in a Spanish word that is culturally um, specific without ever explaining what it is, the readers just presume to know it. Um, and I find it with, you know, uh, books um, with Indian characters, with all these other cultures. And for some reason with Jewish characters, I find that every time I'm reading books, like even reading this right now, the, the La Shtetl, and, He's got footnotes on every page explaining every single Yiddish, Hebrew, Jewish term. And it's like, I wonder why we feel like we have to give that to people as instead of just saying, this is who we are, go look it up yourself. Like, it's fascinating. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I think too, um, I think too, there's different um, trends that are happening in different areas of writing. So there's an expectation, say, for rom-coms to uh, maybe over-explain for general mm. audiences versus like in YA, in, in children's literature uh, in general, there's more of a push to like let a word stand by itself or let the culture kind of exist within the story. It's so interesting how it's happening at different places for different genres in different areas, different age groups. It's so interesting. It really is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, you were saying you're listening to um, From Dust to Flame right now. And, you know, even in there, there's so many terms that she's just like, here it is, go figure out what this is. And it's so interesting because, she, uh, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, it's another book, but it, it deals with very specific Jewish mythological things that most people, even who are Jewish, don't know about. So it's, it's really interesting. So thanks for your insight on that. Yeah, let a let a story live in its space. But but again, so much of that that I was even allowed to do that is because of these other authors who are writing in uh, YA who are who are able to do that, who who started that trend, who started to write about their own cultures, and have now allowed writers today to be doing that. So. Um, Maria, Gosh, thank you to them. <laughs> Maria just even said in the comments, like even in fantasy and sci-fi, these things aren't explained. Like you know, you go read an Andy Weir. <laughs> He's not like explaining every single scientific term, and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, why doesn't he have to do that? It's because he knows that his reader is going to be of a certain level of intelligence to know, right? Anyway, yeah, that's a really interesting point, Maria. Thanks for that. Um, uh, there actually is a little joke. Sorry, this is there's oh. a little joke in here that has kind of slipped in that I I put in there. I put in here for my Safta. Um, 
at one point she's called Kachkala. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Uh, this is a little joke that I've slipped in because uh, Kachkala has kind of two meanings. One is my little duckling, which is what my soft always told me it meant. And the other one is chatterbox. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little um, unex- sort of unexplained joke that I kind of let be for uh, those who know the double meaning of the word. They can have it. <laughs> um I was asking this, this happened, this realization happened because uh, it is very tough to try to spell Hebrew words in English for a story. Mm-hmm. Boy, is it. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to my copy editor. Also, thank you to my grandma who had to uh, take multiple phone calls for me to be like, how I say this all the time. I have no idea how to spell it. Um, Kachkla was when I called her about and I was like oh gosh I was like that word you uh, the, the term of endearment used to say I was like you know little duckling and she goes I was like Kachkla how do you spell that she goes oh chatterbox <laughs> you're like wait a second whoa put this all together now <laughs> that's really cute <laughs> um just if anyone else has any questions, feel free to raise your hands, drop it in, because I know we're coming up on an hour here and I want to be mindful of time. Last chance at questions, guys. I'm not intimidating. You can ask away. Don't worry. <laughs> if, um, can I question, talk to you all night? <laughs> if, your com- if your question does come to you later, uh, you can go and check out Haley Neal over at the MTL Wife Fest, or she, you, she can be reached at, this is your time oh. for your influencer handles. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yes, I can be reached. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram, uh, which is uh, Haley E. Neal. Uh, that little E slipped in there because Haley Neal was already taken. Uh, <laughs> so at uh, Haley E. Neal, so H-A-L-E-Y-E-N-E-I-L. Um, yeah, I'm mostly over on Instagram. So that's probably the best way to reach me. Um, my links are all on there too. Um, but yes, if there's uh, any other, oh yeah, right there. Perfect. <laughs> it's in the chat. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, my, my handle. So if that's, uh, if questions come up or if people want to reach out, um, I do try to keep on top of it, but, uh, it can be uh, difficult sometimes, but I, I do try, <laughs> um, but yes, it's, it's so wonderful to hear from readers. Um, I've just had so many, gosh, so many powerful um, kind of experiences where readers reached out and sort of said, you know, I hadn't seen this representation before in, in many different ways from the um, Jewish representation to the uh, demisexual representation, which is in the story, the anxiety rep, and, and that's been so beautiful and so powerful. Um, so just to all the people who've reached out, uh, that it, it means so much to me, um, especially as we had mentioned before, after uh, what had happened before the book, mm-hmm. just knowing that it's actually reached readers is, it's amazing. Um, I want to say thank you on behalf of all of your readers. Um, thank you for putting these characters and these stories and these identities forward for all of us thank you so much yeah um and I'm so excited my next book also has Jewish representation in a very different way I like to joke that while my first one is like oh gosh what is my identity my second one is a lot more like well I know what I am but like what does that mean in practice um (laughs) like oh gosh I'm not questioning it but like oh what now um it is a very uh sort of uh Jewish Gilmore girls a little oh, bit we gotta oh, yeah oh. we gotta that's <laughs> uh, kind of what I was playing with a little bit right. I was jokingly talking to family members or I'm like no this isn't you this is a Jewish Emily Gilmore um now <laughs> <laughs> if you see uh, yourself in this character it's your own fault yeah yeah I'm not writing about like get it together uh, <laughs> I, I had a very funny conversation with uh, my software where I was like, do, well, do you know what Gilmore Girls is? She's just like, I've seen that it's a thing. And I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> right, I have I'll, one I'll tell you about the story another time. <laughs> a couple of rapid fire questions just to close out. These are the fun ones. I'm curious, what is your, you know, we all have like Hebrew Jewish names. Do you have one and what is it? 
Oh gosh, no, I I do not. This is a thing of being raised in this interfaith uh, house. No, I just just Haley. So pick and- one for yourself. Pick one. I know I should. <laughs> gosh, uh, the the actual funny thing is, um, so there were. <laughs> speaking to the Israeli family is always fun. Um, my grandma's mom, uh, we didn't know her name for a while. She had so many different names from, uh, she spoke so many different languages. And so, uh, I knew her, I thought her name was Hannah. And then they're like, no, her name was Anna, but also Alina, but also Ashka, but also, (laughs) and like, that was all her name. Um, her sisters, amusingly, uh, have names, Hebrew names that are in this story. And I did not put that together because I had heard their names in a different form. Okay. Um, so like, uh, I, I knew that she had a sister named Bashka, but she was like, oh yeah, Batya, which is one of the characters' names. Um, so that was kind of a fun, cute thing. No, I don't, which is so okay, sad. So let's do this. You're going to go, you're going to think of one. And then like, when you decide yeah, I'm gonna, like, it resonates best with you and who you are. Yeah, I got to think about it a Let's little bit. It. Let's share no, it. The, the funny thing is my, I, I don't, I can't do the accent. I, I would, I would do it terribly. <laughs> um, but my, my Israeli Safta, she, when she found out that I was going to be named Haley, she was like, Oh, she was like an H that's going to be tough for me. <laughs> She's like, Oh, are you sure you want to do that? It's my mom's maiden name. So she was like, Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Just put a put a, a ch in front of it. Hi, I'm Haley. Yeah. All right, and Passover next week. What food are you most looking forward to? Oh, gosh, um, I did not grow up with this, but matzah toffee has become one of my favorites. I love matzah toffee. Um, one of my friends from grad school. I, I need to learn her recipe. I've tried. I've tried making it myself. I can never make it as well as she does. She converted me to the ways of matzo toffee. So that is something I am going, I, I'm going to, you know what, actually, I'm going to reach out to her. I'm going to try and get that recipe. I have tried. <laughs> I've tried and I cannot, I can't do it as well. The answer is matzo toffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get it a hundred percent. It's just, uh, it's addictive. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Oh my and gosh. And you can eat so many things and toppings. Yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um with that, I guess we'll we'll close this out so everyone can go nighty night <laughs> for work tomorrow. Thank you so much, Haley. Really, truly. Oh, and um, thank you to Raincoast who provided me with several copies of the book they are the um canadian distributor of once more with chutzpah so thank you so much and i do have a copy up for grabs but because of the time maybe what we'll do is um maria is there an email address where people can write it if they're interested and then we can uh, sort out picking a winner that way yes so i will put my email into the chat um and please email me your favorite recipe passover recipe and uh then you can win a copy of the book yeah (laughs) oh i love that i just um oh well this got i got this as the direct message but uh someone has requested that when you do get that recipe that you post it on your social media please Haley, if um your friend agrees if she agrees yeah if she agrees i mean i know it's hers (laughs) Uh, we had a, a Passover cooking uh, workshop last week where uh, the person taught us to make, they, she called it matzah crack, but I think oh. that's the same thing. It's, okay. it's basically matzah toffee with various toppings. So uh, I'm going to just put my librarian hat on. Those of you who are teen adjacent, uh, the uh, Code St. Luke Library's teen book club is starting again this month and their first meeting is on April 14th. So please encourage your teens or, you know, yourself to come and join that. So thank you so much, Haley. And thank you so much, Jordana. And thank you all of you who joined us today. And we are looking forward to your next book. Yes, very much. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Oh, this has been so wonderful. Thank you, everyone. Bye.